What's up, Florida fans, and welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we're going to preview Wednesday night's matchup between Florida and Georgia with Chip Towers from the AJC. The Gators and Bulldogs tip off at 7 p.m. on ESPNU, and we'll get Chip's thoughts on that matchup, the last game between these two teams, and the success that the Bulldogs have had over their last four games. Here was my conversation with Chip this week. We now welcome in Chip Towers from the AJC to get some perspective on this Georgia Bulldogs basketball team and tonight's matchup between UF and UGA. The Bulldogs have been really playing hot as of late in three of their last four games, losing to South Carolina in overtime. And we're going to get Chip's perspective on how they've been doing as of late and how they could play into tonight's matchup. Chip, welcome into Lockdown Gators. How's it going, my friend? Hey, great to be here, Zach. Great to be with you wanted to give our listeners some perspective on the Bulldogs and, and kind of where they've gone since they last played Florida because, you know, they had ended a four-game losing streak, Chip, right before they played the Gators. They beat Texas A&M. Then they lost in Gainesville, and that was, that was the start of another four-game losing streak. But as I mentioned, they've won three of the last four, and really in the month of February, they really turned it on. What do you feel like was the key to that turnaround and, and why they played much better? Well, you know, I mean, you, it, everything with Georgia this year starts and ends with their youth. Uh, you know, they have 10 newcomers on the team, nine of them freshmen and one graduate transfer. And, you know, anytime you try to blend that much youth and that much newness, you know, it's going to be an issue, especially when you, you know, get into the ruggedness of, of conference play. Now that, you know, you referred to that Florida game uh, down there, which was on February 5th. And, you know, I, that was a real uh, fork in the road, I think, for both teams because you think about, uh, you know, Florida was down 22 points in that game. I mean, Georgia's up 22 points with 16 minutes and, and change to play. Um, and so that that's, uh, you know, and Florida comes back in. So, so that's – but that's a two – that's a two-sided sword right there. I mean, you were able to get up by 22 points on Florida at home. That, you know, that doesn't say much about Florida. To be able to come back from that, and you know, and I'll always remember Andrew Nimhard in that game. I think he scored 25 points in about the last 10 minutes or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. It was it was crazy. But um, uh, but after that, I mean, I think Florida might have even lost the next game, but they got on a little bit of a run, and they're in the situation where they are now. They're playing for a top four seed. Um, Georgia, that was that was a real, as you could imagine. Uh, confidence killer for them. Uh, not only did they blow the 22-point uh, road game to Florida, but they were up uh, the, the road game before that by 20 points at Missouri and only to let them come back in the second half and lose. And the very next week after the uh, the Florida game, they played Alabama to overtime. Uh, same thing, kind of got down, came back, lost in overtime. So they were really psychologically trashed, uh, after that, being a young team like they were and everything. And so they struggled for a couple of weeks. Uh, but as they've gotten down the stretch here, they seem to figure a lot of stuff out. I think uh, it, it took a while, but I think, you know, now everybody's a little bit more sure about what their roles are on the team. Um, and certainly uh, Anthony Edwards, um, you know, going to be the freshman of a year in, a, in America, probably the first or second pick. He had 30. Yeah, think about this, Zach. He had 32 points against Florida, which is great, right? I mean, he's had 30 points several times in a few games. But he went 13 scoreless minutes against Florida. So if you think about that, in the other, what, 
27 minutes, he was scoring a point a minute. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, and, and he, one of the things that he, that, that George has done better, he's kind of, uh, that was sort of a thing that was going on with him at that time. Like he would have these furious bursts and then kind of go silent for a while. And I thought he was just kind of, you know, he's playing every minute pretty much. So I thought he was just kind of catching his breath some of those other times. He uh, seems to be much more in the flow, both offensively and defensively now, and is playing better. And then as you alluded to uh, before, Georgia has uh, some some other good parts. Um, you know, Ray, Ray Sean Hammond's a 6'9 junior from Norcross, is averaging 13 points and, and seven rebounds a game. He's also had a tendency to disappear at times, but he's playing better of late, and the Real key for them has been their freshman point guard, Seville Wheeler. He's a he's a tiny guy. He's a small guy, but he is a real uh, uh, magician when it comes to the ball, driving to the hoop, um, dishing, and and all those kind of things. He he's really come on in the second half as well. So they seem to you know it just took a whole season. That's all, but they seem to have finally figured some things out and won three of the last four the only loss uh, uh, on the road in overtime in South Carolina. Some really great perspective there, Chip. And you mentioned Anthony Edwards. Obviously, he has put on a show this season, averaging 19.8 points per game. He's had several 30-point performances. You've seen a lot of players come through Athens, Chip. How special has he been this year, and what has it been like to see the year that he's put together? Well, it's it's, it's always enjoyable to watch, you know, when, when you know everybody can kind of sit around and, and – and regardless of your acumen for basketball, watch a guy like that and just know, wow, you know, there, there's not many that come along like that. Um, you know, he just uh, physically just looks totally different. Uh, he's a grown man. The amazing thing about Anthony Edwards, who they call Ant-Man, by the way, uh, Ant- Ant-Man is just turned 18 in August. So he's, you know, he's actually a, a, a very young um college freshman uh, for that matter. So you can see what the NBA gets so excited about. I mean, when he scores, he kind of scores in, in bunches. I would definitely say he's the proverbial field player. Likely, you know, when he's feeling it, look out because he can pull up from anywhere. What um, Tom Crean and George has got him to do a little bit better of late is uh, to be a, a little bit more aggressive about uh, attacking the hoop with the ball. He, he tends to get his jump shot so good. So and he has such great range and so tall, he'd shoot over everybody. He tends to get comfortable and settle um, outside the three-point line, and that's not what Georgia needs him to do to make the rest of the offense uh, uh, work as well as it could. So he's getting a lot better at uh, driving at the hoop, and his defense is exponentially better. Uh, he's like a lot of AAU high school players. He really didn't have to bother much for defense. Now it's gotten to a situation when Georgia is in a must-stop uh, situation late in the game, they'll take the six five um, Anthony Edwards and put him on the opposing team's point guard and let him uh, stretch that. I don't know what his wingspan is, but it's it's considerable, and uh, and he's as athletic as anybody on the floor. I don't care what their size is, so uh, I, I think you'll probably see that uh, a, a good bit tonight. But you know, it's weird because you know they're, they're having senior night tonight for the Gators, and Georgia will have just three seniors participate in exercise, but there'll be no such um, celebration for Anthony Edwards, every, even though everybody knows that, that you know, he'll be gone. This will be his last home game as well. We're speaking with Chip Towers from the AJC. Chip, 
we heard from Mike White yesterday, and obviously he talked about the challenge of trying to guard Anthony Edwards and what they're trying to have to do defensively with some of their different schemes. But he did point out, as you mentioned in your first segment, that Georgia's had some other players step up on the offensive end. You can't just key in on Anthony because if you try to double-team him, they now have other guys that are stepping up and making shots. How has that kind of transformed their offense? And really, I mean, you look at the last game they, they put up against Arkansas, they went off. In particular, is is, is Rayshon Hammonds in that regard? Uh, Rayshon is a is a six foot nine guy, and uh, you know, great on the boards and all that kind of stuff. But you know, he he can really score and score at a high rate. Uh, I think he, this season he's had uh, uh, a couple of twenty six point uh, games. He had twenty six points against Georgia Tech. He had twenty six points against Delaware State. Um, he had twenty two points in the last game against Arkansas, along with uh, uh, a few double-doubles. So if you start giving uh, Anthony Edwards too much attention, um, Rayshon Hammonds is definitely going to get going. Now, he's been uh, frustrating for Georgia and really enigmatic. You know, sometimes he uh, has a proclivity for disappearing. I think a player that, uh, you know, certainly there's a lot of uh, real hoop hounds when it comes to to Florida fans. And if you're interested in that – uh, I think a guy that bodes really well for Georgia's future is a, uh, a six foot eight Ford from Brussels, Belgium. They have a name Tumani Kamara. He wears number ten for Georgia, and uh, he's a real slim guy. He's uh, very mindful of Nick Claxton, who uh, otherwise would be on this team, but turned pro as a sophomore last year. He's long and lean, gets his hands on a lot of balls, a lot of deflections, a lot of rebounds. <coughs> Excuse me, a lot of uh, a lot of steals. Um, Kamani Kamara is a guy who is uh, a sneaky good and and like I said, Severe Wheeler, five foot ten freshman out of Houston, Texas. He's your consummate point guard. Uh, he's a bit of a defensive liability. You know, a guy like uh, Andrew Nimhard uh, uh, gave him a hard time uh, down in Gainesville, and I'm sure will give him a hard time here as well. Uh, Georgia switches between Severe Wheeler and a graduate transfer they have by the name of Donnell Gresham, who's six three uh, and is a little bit uh, more athletically suited to, to to defend some of those guys in the backcourt. But uh, you know, they're they're a young team. It's crazy. I've uh they are the youngest uh if I'm if I'm saying this, I'm not hundred percent sure if I'm but I believe they're the youngest non uh military based college team in the country. I mean I think like Army and, and Air Force and those couple uh might might have more freshmen on their team than Georgia does. But uh uh, they're they're by far the youngest team in the SEC, and and uh, you know second year under Tom Crean, most of these guys are going to be back, with the notable exception of Anthony Edwards. No doubt. And then as far as tonight's game, Chip, what are your expectations for Senior Night uh, for the Bulldogs, and, and how they'll match up against Florida? You know, what do they need to do in this game in order to get the win, and, and maybe showcase some of the things they showed in that first half in Gainesville? Well, you know, Georgia's one of the high-scoring teams in the SEC. That's been the case uh, throughout the season uh, under Tom Crean, and that's kind of his specialty. He's a, he's an offensive uh, guru, always has been. That's what's gotten him to where he is. And, look, it, it's, it's a sellout. Uh, every, this will be Georgia's 11th game of 10,000 or more. So you wouldn't really expect that in a team that's 15 and 14 and really doesn't have – any postseason aspirations, uh, certainly at the level that, that Florida does. But Georgia's 12-4 and four at home. They pack it out. They have a great atmosphere. 
And uh, Georgia, I believe, is the third or fourth high-scoring team in the league. If you look at their last three games, I mean, they've gone 80, 90, and 99, uh, beat Arkansas 99 to 89. Uh, that was a regulation game. They they lost 90 points in overtime to South Carolina, one of the best defensive teams in the league. So Florida's going to get all they can possibly handle. And Georgia is definitely going to have the revenge factor, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they, they want to atone for what happened in Gainesville. But the beautiful flip side of that, which might make this such a, a good game, is, I mean, you know, Florida's got a lot to play for. I mean, they're they're trying to earn a top four seed in the SEC tournament. There's postseason considerations. They're you know trying to uh, to to move up the ranks. Uh, you know, in seeding for the NCAA tournament, um, they're a team that you know, if not for um, uh, you know a little stretch in there in the middle of the season, uh, might otherwise be contending with Kentucky for uh, the SEC championship. And you know, I'm sure they're going to head to Nashville with with the hopes of of winning that whole ball of wax up there. So. You know, there's going to be contrasting motivations here for these two teams. So I, I expect a really hotly contested, well-played game just because of all those extenuating factors. Great stuff on this UGA Hoops team from Chip Towers of the AJC. Chip, before we let you go, one final thing. I do want to get your thoughts on the defending SEC East champs in football and as you know, the Gators in Gainesville are trying to get that crown, trying to climb the ladder and uh, challenge Kirby Smart's program. What are your thoughts on the SEC race heading into 2020 and Newman coming in to take over for Jake Fromm? Well, you know, it's a, it's a good time to get a shot at him. You know, it's kind of now, now's your chance, I would say, to Florida and the Gators uh, just because there's such massive turnover on the offensive side of the ball, not – not just uh, Jake Fromm, and, and obviously Georgia did a great job, I think, in, in getting Jamie Newman to transfer from Wake Forest. They're, they're really excited about that. But just a complete turnover, offensive coordinator, four offensive linemen, uh, you're starting tailback. Uh, it's a complete retool on offense. But now I'd also caution the Gators not to get too confident about that fact. Number one, on the defensive side of the ball, Georgia's going to be as good of a defensive team as I've seen them put out there in a number of years. They're really going to be good. Uh, almost everybody of any significance back on that defense, with the exception of uh, J.R. Reed, the the, uh, the safety, everybody else uh, coming back on what was the nation's top defense last year. Uh, and then uh, offensively, you know, Georgia has recruited, um, you know, their, their fur off the last several years. And, um, so there's a lot of hungry five stars and four stars that'll be breaking through and getting their opportunities on the offensive side of the ball. And not just uh, uh, Jamie Newman, but Georgia's also got some other skill position players uh, transferring in uh, and coming in through recruiting that they don't feel like they're just going to fall off the, uh, a ledge offensively. And then you add into that Todd Munkin, the uh, uh, new offensive coordinator coming from the Cleveland Browns, by way of the Tampa Bay Bucks and, and uh, you know, supposedly Georgia's really going to open it up. Not necessarily. I don't, I don't see Georgia abandoning the running game like a lot of people see, seem to think, but I do think Georgia's going to spread it out a little bit more and, and uh, you know, come more in line with what we've seen with a lot of other programs across the country and uh, uh, maybe in pitch it, catch it, spread it out a little bit more than they have in the recent past. So it should be a very – very intriguing year, but there's no question that that uh, you know the rest of the East. Uh, nobody's 
feeling sorry for Georgia's losses, and, and, and they definitely want to knock them off that, that perch, and I, I think there'll be an opportunity to do that this year. Yeah, man, and spring football is about to get cranked up. We'll have SEC media days around the corner, and before you know it, football season will be here, man. It's never not football season around here, Zach. You know that. <laughs> no doubt. And as always, the the East will uh, probably be decided at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. So we look forward to seeing you in Jacksonville once again, my friend. All right. We'll see you there, man. All right. Good stuff from Chip Towers of the AJC. Make sure you guys check out his work on all things Georgia Bulldogs. Chip, thanks for joining us, bud. All right. Take care. Appreciate Chip for his time and perspective, and that'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On tomorrow's show, we'll recap this latest matchup between the Gators and Bulldogs, and we'll also talk some Florida baseball with Jeff Cardozo. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.